Welcome. Thank you for joining us for this episode from Avondale Baptist Church. We are so happy to be sharing the Word of God with you and hope that this message is a blessing to you. And now, here's Brother Richard. <clears throat> is what we're going to be discussing today. I end last week's series when we've been talking about the armor of God and and I ended with how <clears throat> in all things we have to pray and how God gives us that machine gun, right? That machine gun of prayer. <clears throat> and I would just, and when I think about the machine gun, I think of that scene in Rambo where Rambo with his shirt off and he has that big machine gun and he's like, da, 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 and it just starts, you know, just starts. Am I the only one that remembers that? <laughs> but it's just, and as believers, as I was reading that, and somebody had once told me that, you know, God gives us a machine gun. I was like, what? No, he doesn't. He gives us a sword and, you know, and not, and not no machine gun. And he was telling me about that, and I will always remember that now. Machine gun prayers. Prayer is very, very important. It is it should be the first thing we do when we wake up. We should do it all throughout the day and even when we go to bed. How's your prayer life? How's your prayer life been? We're going to be looking at Colossians chapter 1. <clears throat> I uh, I heard a story, <clears throat> and I don't know, uh, I just heard about it this morning, I came across it this morning, I don't know how true it is, so it may be true, it may not, but uh, just the idea even, and this is what it says, it says, Jay Kessler, the former president of a Youth for Christ and the current president of Taylor University, was one of, on his frequent flights, <clears throat> When lunch was served, the young man next to him declined a lunch tray. During the whole lunchtime, this man sat with his head bowed. Apparently, he was in prayer. Kessler was impressed, and maybe a little humble too, by the man's devotion. He, comment, he, co he commented to the young man that he wondered if he was a Christian because it appeared that he was fasting. The young man replied with words that shook Kessler to the core of his being. He says, no, I am a satanic worshiper. And the members of my church have agreed to fast every Friday at noon. He says, then during that time, we pray that the leaders of the Christian world will fall. We pray that they will fall into sin. And that their lives and their families would crumble. Now, when I read about that, that was like, wow. I've never thought prayer like that. Whether it's true or not, I do believe that there's actually people out there that are praying for harm 
for the church. And I don't mean the church building. I mean the church, the body. And if there is people out there that are actually praying to their God for harm within the church, harm within families, harm within the youth, harm with whatever it is that has to do with God, that they want people to be separated from God. So many. So much more. So many of us. We need to be praying for the movement of God. We need to be praying for the love of God. We need to be praying for that flame to be ignited in people, to be ignited in homes and and in our community and in our church, right? Because we know the truth, right? We spent the whole uh, last eight weeks or so on Ephesians 6, and we know what? It's not a, a, a physical battle, right? It's a spiritual battle, and we fight spiritual battles with spiritual things and what a privilege what an honor it is that we have this tool this way of life where we can communicate with God our creator has allowed us to speak to him I mean, you think about that. Seriously, if you are a believer in in Jesus Christ and you believe in in, in his word and you believe that God is the creator of all and that we have this connection, this hotline directly to God. How amazing is that? And that he listens. He listens to every single one of us. It just blows my mind. We spent the day yesterday in, in Lubbock and just spent the time with the girls and, and especially just recuperating from, from being sick. And, man, it was a blessed time. It was a blessed time. Why? Because, man, we got to sit down and we got to eat supper. We got, uh, got to eat lunch and, and we got to just <clears throat> go to the track meet and sit down and just talk to one another. And I was just sitting there and I was just amazed how much communication that we were having. Nobody was really on their phones. Nobody was really paying attention to other things or anything. We were sitting there talking and communicating. And I know that you you know what I'm talking about. When you sit down at the table with your kids and your kids are just telling you how the day went, and they're just talking, 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 and, and, and you're just like, you're just enjoying it because your kids are coming to you and talking. They're opening up. They're just telling you how your day, how their day has been. We're living in a world where it's just, it's a fast pace. It's, it's a microwave lives where we want things now, and, and it's just so chaotic, and sometimes we get distracted and we see we're not spending as much time as we need to with our families we're not sitting down putting our devices away to just give each other your faces and so many times I see myself even being that way with God and so I want us to observe some some lessons about prayer that will help us. 
And I want, I hope and pray that you would walk out of here with feeling equipped. Not, I don't want you to feel sorry for yourself, or I don't want you to feel bad, but I want you to, to walk out of here and say, you know what, I can talk to God. I can speak to our Creator. He loves me. And I love this prayer of, in Colossians chapter 1. And this is what Paul is saying. And this is the first chapter of Paul's letter to Colossians. And it says this in chapter 9, I mean chapter 1, verse 9. It says, for this reason, we also, since the day we heard it, do not cease to pray for you and to ask that you may be filled with the knowledge of his will in all wisdom and spiritual understanding, that you may walk worthy of the Lord, fully pleasing him, being fruitful in every good work and increasing in the knowledge of God. Strengthened with all might according to his glorious power for all patience and long suffering with joy. And he says, give thanks to the father who has qualified us to be partakers of the inheritance of the saints in the light. He has delivered us from the power of darkness and conveyed us into the kingdom of the son of his love in whom we have redemption through his blood. The forgiveness of sin. He is the image of the invisible God. The firstborn over all creation. Let's pray. Father God, we just thank you and love you for who you are. For what you have done. And what you are going to do. Father God, I pray that you would just clear our minds. Open our hearts to what you have to say this morning. Father, we love you. And we ask all this in Jesus' name. Amen. We see here that Paul tells the Colossians that he's praying for them. He tells them that he's thanking God for them and that his prayers on their behalf are unceasing. I believe Paul was sincerely praying for these people. How many of us need prayer? Right, every day we need prayer. How important it is that we count on other believers, on other families to really lift us up in prayer. I know that I felt y'all's prayers during uh, this week when I was sick with the stomach bug and just how important it was to know and how it felt to know that there was people praying for me. I don't know if you've experienced that before, but that's why it's so important to be part of a church, to be part of a, I mean, this is, this is family. Like it's just, I've never thought that there was another part of life that God offers us when it's when you are part of his family when the family of God comes together I had no idea I just thought it was just going to church going to church on Sunday mornings and and do your thing and 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 and, and go on with the rest of your your business the rest of the week but I did not know that it was more than that 
and how we can experience true life the way he wanted us through a body of believers. That's why Avondale's uh, motto is living life together, right? Because that's exactly what it is. It's about living life together. And one of the ways that we live life together is making sure that we are praying for each other. Yes, the lost, definitely, we need to be praying for them. Yes, we need to be praying for our families and our loved ones. And just, we have to be praying. Praying people. And Paul here is showing us that he is praying for the Colossian people. See, what is prayer? Basically, it's communicating with God. It's basically talking to God. And see, when we pray, we open our hearts. And I hope that that's the way we, we begin to pray, is that we pray with our hearts open. As simple as that is, and we, it's hard. It's hard for us to really do that. See, a lot of times we see that, oh, I'm starting to see, especially the, the new believers when they're new uh, uh, Christians and, 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 and they're kind of maybe shy to pray or, or they don't know, really know how to pray. They think that we have to pray like in, in a certain way or with these certain words. Or I know when I used to uh, go to church there at Broadway, uh, Pastor Hicks, he would uh, call somebody to pray to end the service uh, and he would call somebody out there that was sitting down, and, and he would call for somebody to pray. And at the end of service, I knew it was that time. I knew it was that time that, that he was about to call somebody, and, and I could see his eyes just looking around me. He's fixing to call somebody, and I remember just sitting there, and I'm just like, just trying to hide. Nah, I hope he doesn't call for me. Yeah. Scared to pray. And it wasn't because I was scared to, to, to pray in front of people. It was just because I was scared how I would sound. Because I used to believe that you have to sound a certain way. Say certain words. There was a story of a young man who received Christ. And he went to his first prayer meeting. And the story says that... <clears throat> They were all getting up, and, and people were just praying, and, and they were just using these big old words. And even turns out that they were, when they prayed, they, they prayed in a way that they don't even normally talk. And so that kind of concerned, or, or that kind of just, the new believer just got up, and, and it says that he stood and prayed, and he says, Lord, this is me. Thank you for coming into my life. Thank you for allowing me to meet you last Tuesday. Thank you for changing me. Amen. Pretty simple. Pretty simple. The simplicity and the honesty of that prayer brought tears to some of those people in that prayer meeting that night. And I'm sure that it brought a smile to the Father's face. Sometimes the most simplest things can be the most powerful things. 
See, true prayer is, is, is honesty. Being honest. Being honest with God. and Being personal with Him. So what is prayer? Simply just talking to God. Just something as easy as I'm talking to you. So if you're one of those that has trouble praying to God, just talk to him. Just talk to him. What's the reason for prayer? There's a lot of good reasons to pray. It's a privilege. It's an honor. Can you think of a greater honor to have than to have an audience of one who is the creator of all? Could you imagine that when you speak to the Father that he listens? The one who rules over all creation. That we have been invited to talk to him on a daily basis. How awesome would that be? I'm starting to learn that as the boys get older and they have their own lives and, and uh, you call them on the phone and more and more they don't answer. They're like, man, they must be, they must be, too, they must be busy. Must be too busy talking to dad. Must be too busy talking to mom. Like, I want them to drop everything to answer the phone when dad calls, right? Is that normal for me to feel that way? But oh, oh, how, how good of a feeling it is when, when they call you back. It may be an hour later. It may be a day later. It may be, be a, it may be a week later. But oh, how good it is when they call. How you doing? Oh, dad, I'm sorry I missed your phone call. Sorry, I got busy, but I'm calling you now. Oh, that's okay. How you been, son? I've been doing good. How's work? Oh, it's going good, you know. Ministry is going good. Work is going good. Wife is going good. You know, and he just, they just start sharing. How great is that, that feeling? I can just imagine when we come to the Father and the Father has been calling us. The Father has been ringing up our phone. He's been sending us text messages, and we just put them on, we just leave them on red most of the time, right? When we are so busy with life, and, and He sends us text messages and emails, and He's calling us, but then we just ignore, ignore, ignore. It's like, I just want to know how my son is doing. I just want to know how's life going for you. Hey, is there anything you need, son? Is there anything that you are dealing with? Is there anything that is troubling you right now that maybe I could help? Oh, how much the Father just wants to communicate with us, but so many times we just push the ignore button. Push the ignore button. And so, yes, it is a privilege. Man, we are invited he invites us to his table to to just speak to him to talk to him and it's only we are only able to do that because of the blood of christ 
we have that privilege because it was purchased by the blood of Jesus. See, conversations is a, is a part of any vital and growing relationships. Sometimes we measure the quality of a, ma- of a marriage relationship by how well the couple communicates. Talking to couples and even in our own uh, relationships, uh, we tend to see that the number one problem between uh, a, 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 a husband and a wife is communication. When the communication isn't there and, and, and it seems like it's, less, it's happening less and less, less, there's a problem. Less communication each day, less. That could be a first sign of there could be a relationship problem. The lack of communication. That is true with our relationship with the Father. If we're starting to communicate less and less with our Heavenly Father, that could be signs of a relationship that is not healthy. It could be in trouble. It could be. We should pray. Why? Because we're also in a fierce battle. Last several weeks, we talked about how it's a war out there and, and we have to fight. And Paul tells us that we have to pray in all things. The enemy has marshaled his army for his attack. And when we neglect prayer, we go out into the battlefield unarmed. That is correct. We go to the battlefield unarmed. Prayer. Prayer helps us with sin. Prayer helps us with sin to begin to, to get the sin out of our lives, to help us to live a sin less, to sin less in our lives. In the quiet times of private or just that honest Prayer, when we come to God to allow him to expose the sin in our lives and we come to him in repentance and he comes and he answers those prayer. What a mighty powerful thing it is. Are you caught up in sin? Is there a stronghold that the enemy has against you that you just haven't been? It hasn't been broken. Why is that? Prayer makes a difference. A powerful prayer life makes a difference. It changes people. Diseases are sometimes healed. Relationships are renewed. Hard hearts become softened. Prayer is a powerful thing, and we've talked about this before, and I know that, but we talk about push. You have to push through, P-U-S-H. Pray until 
something happens. Right? When we have that continuous prayer like Paul talks about and all things that we need to pray, we just continue to push, push, push through. Sometimes it may take a week. Sometimes it may take years. But continue to pray. Pray that you will do God's will. Pray that you will live a life that will continue to be obedient to him and that you continue to do his right. Because Jesus said it will be not my will, Father, but your will will be done. Jesus models that prayer for us that our Father who art in heaven, our Father who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name, thy kingdom come, your will be done here on earth as it is in heaven. Content of prayer. What is the content of your prayer? True prayer. Too many times, even for me, I tend to pray for a lot of, I want this, Lord. I want this. Can you help me with this? But Paul shows us and teaches us how important it is that we need to have Prayer for the saints. That's what Ephesians 6 was about. That's how he ended that. We continue to pray for the saints. Lift up the saints. Brother Aubrey talked about it this morning. He was talking about, man, we need to pray for some of the churches here in our community. Yes, we do. Right? We need to pray for other churches. We need to pray for other pastors. We need to pray for other uh, believers that... Maybe don't attend this church. See, Jesus sought to submit to the will of the Father. And when we begin to have more selfish prayers, that is a sign that we are continuing to have that spiritual maturity growth that God calls us to have. See, there's a time where We have to drink the milk, but there's also time where we have to eat meat. And it also shows in our prayer life. And we see that that's what Paul says here in his prayer or his prayer for the Colossians. He prays that they would do God's will. Not only will they do God's will, but he prays that they will have the power to do God's will. In verse 10, that you may walk worthy of the Lord, fully pleasing him, being fruitful in every good work and increasing in the knowledge of God. He's telling the Colossian people that he wants you to to continue, continuing to do his work. But it's not by your own strength. It has to be the strength of the Holy Spirit, right? It's not by our might, right? Ephesians 6, he talks about that in Ephesians 6. It's not by our might. It's by his might. We need to be a people of 
praying for the church, for God's power to be moved into people. When was the last time we prayed for the power of God to be moved into his people? Where lives can be changed, churches can be changed, community can be changed. Prayer is continuing community, uh, communicating with God, talking to God. Our prayer needs to be that we do the will of God. But there's also obstacles to prayer. And I have to admit, I had an obstacle last night in my prayer. Becky was like, let's pray. I was tired. And I have to I feel guilty because she prayed. And I felt like I should pray. I was like, Lord, I'm tired. I just want to go to bed. Amen. Good night. But I felt the Holy Spirit saying I should pray. So, Becky, I hope you, I pray that you forgive me for that. But so many times, church, so many times we could just allow the busyness of life. We could allow the things that are happening in, in our homes to cause us to be disobedient. And I was disobedient last night. Man, when was the last time you prayed with your wife? And you know you should. This In our Sunday school class, we talked about how a lot of times when Acts chapter 2, the, the day of Pentecost, how the Holy Spirit just came and lit a flame in people's lives. And, and within hours, that church, that little group became a big, a, big, a mega church, right? 3,000 people came to know Christ. And it was because of the power of the Holy Spirit. And the question that I asked is, why is it that we don't experience that anymore? What, what, is it that we, what is it that we are doing as a church that we are not allowing ourselves to experience that kind of Holy Spirit? And I, one of the, somebody from our Sunday school class, I thought this was pretty good. It's like too many times we quench the Spirit. We quench the Spirit. Oh, I quenched the spirit last night. Being disobedient. And the more that we are disobedient to God and we know that we should do the things we do, we, we need to do what God is calling us to do, but we, we do it less and less. We are disobedient. The more and more that we're quenching the spirit. And somebody says, yes, how good of a meal can you cook with just the pilot lit, with the pilot flame just lit? It takes forever to warm up that that pan, right? You gotta you gotta set that flame. You gotta blaze that 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 fire to really heat that that pan, right? And that's exactly what Christ wants us to do. When we have a strong prayer life, when we get that machine gun machine gun out, like we're praying, like we've never prayed before. Guess what? That we'll start beginning to experience the Holy Spirit, like the way we've never experienced it before. And the next thing you know, that little light that was. And you just burst into flames. And it starts spreading like a wildfire. 
right? Start spreading like a wildfire. Now, it's different in different uh, people, you know, you're, depending on your, your personality, right? Right, right, Miss Mindy, right? If it was me, I'm gonna, I just want to just jump up and just start just swinging and just start fighting. That's, and then somebody who's just so sweet and quiet can still receive the same Holy Spirit and still have the same outcome, even though it may look different. But it's all led by the Holy Spirit. Even when we don't know what to pray for, right? We allow the Holy Spirit to speak on our behalf. We have to have the Holy Spirit. So when we leave this morning, as Gary comes up and we prepare... To end, I want to ask you, how is your prayer life? And this is what's crazy, especially to the youth, to the young ones. You have that same connection like we do. We have that same connection. You don't have to be an adult to have that connection to God. You don't have to be a pastor to feel like that pastor is closer to God than you are. Guess what? At the cross, the curtain has been torn, and we have that connection with God. Why? Because of what has Christ has done on the cross. And oh, when we receive Christ as our Lord and Savior, he doesn't leave us here to be alone, to be by ourselves. He gives us what? The Holy Spirit. Yes. And it's the Holy Spirit that, is, that resides in us. As Gary plays, I want to ask you this. Have you had that encounter with Christ? Have you totally surrendered your life to Christ? Because when we, when we surrender our lives to Christ, we receive the Holy Spirit. And that is the most important prayer that you can say. Is the prayer of, the, of Jesus Christ. Knowing that he has died on the cross for you. And you received him as your Lord and Savior. And you truly repent from your sins. And receive him. Have you done that? And when you have done that, we have the assurance that we have a place in heaven that he is preparing us, right? Why? Because there's one thing that we all have in common is that is death. When you die, do you know that you're going to heaven? If you have any doubt or if you have any questions that you possibly may not make it to heaven, then I have to ask you then, how's your relationship with Christ? Take this opportunity to come. If you want me to, to pray over you and talk to you about Jesus Christ, I'm going to ask Todd to stand up here in the front. I'm going to ask Becky if she could stand up here uh, for any ladies that wants to speak to Becky or want Becky to pray over you. And if you are too, if you are uncomfortable to come to the front, guess what? We have Brother Greg back there in the back willing to pray over you, whatever it is. But I want you to take this opportunity. 
get that machine gun out. Come to the altar and begin. You know what, God? My prayer life hasn't been like the way it's been, as it needs to be. I want to come to you this morning and I want to repent. I want to repent. And maybe that's you. Maybe you need to repent from whatever sin that you, that you are stuck in, that the enemy has against you. But you come today. Come make this morning be the time that that will be broken. That stronghold that the enemy has. I'm going to ask everyone to stand. Thank you, Father God, for this wonderful message. We pray that it has been a comfort and a blessing to our listeners. Thank you for taking the time to join us here at Avondale Baptist Church. Until we see you again. Always remember, Jesus loves you.